Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. On the viewpoint. Yeah, man, man, man. I hate the idea of selling the listeners dummies. Good evening, if you've just joined us. My name is Song Azamabekwe, and yeah, I'm going to have to disappoint those who were waiting and as eager as I was, eagerly anticipating the contributions of Naledi Chirwa. Unfortunately, the political space she was in on or before May 8 has changed since she cannot just answer her phone and start speaking, much less to SAFM and the wide listenership that we enjoy for obvious political reasons. And we do apologize to her for putting her through that position, one. And more importantly, or as importantly, we apologize to you at home for having such an anticipation, which, trust me, I was as keen, but the powers have, the powers have spoken and Unaledi cannot join us for that conversation to the extent that we can try and get her while at least the fire if not the fire, the coals are still warm following her maiden speech in parliament we will try our level best to secure her time there we have reached that segment now where we are in conversation with the Reverend Tebucho Glass of the organization named the other foundation, his position there is religion program manager, as well as a person who needs very little introduction, certainly to the more seasoned persons in the South African political landscape. Reverend Dr. Alan Busak, anti-apartheid leader and theologian and author, talking about the LGBTQI people and the churches in Africa, the relationship there. And perhaps you might want to reflect on the conversation we had earlier on with a Reverend elect or presiding bishop-elect Mama Purity Malinga of the Methodist Church, where I really proed her is as to whether or not the church is ready to accept the evolution of society and that these persons who are defined under this LGBTQI banner, if you will, are as much part of the South African society and in particular as part of the church society as any other member. And I think this is a good time for us to perhaps review that conversation and carry on that conversation, the relationship between the church, especially in Africa, and this a very oppressed community, this very targeted community. We're going to take a quick ad break before we get on to it. Please stay tuned. My name is Songa Zomabek, and welcome to this, the second and final hour, 891 if you wish to contribute. Hashtag SAFM Viewpoint at SAFM Radio at Songa Zomabek, 2107. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. on The Viewpoint. And this is as good a time to flip what conventional wisdom we have come to understand of the church in Africa and the LGBTQI community. Transformative encounters between the LGBTQIA people and the churches in Africa conference. This is a conference hosted by the Other Foundation and Durban Lesbian and Gay Center and the Diagonia Council of Churches. The two conferences in Africa is a wide gathering of church leaders and activists to address social justice, homophobia, and the churches in Africa at large. Last night, Professor Dr. Reverend Alan Busak led a public discussion on this particular issue and their place in the church. He is with us in on the line, I beg your pardon, as well as Reverend Debu Hoglas of the Other Foundation. The Most Reverends, good evening to you both. 
good evening um, to, to you um, and the listeners. Thank you so much. Let me start with you, Reverend Debuho Klaas. My producer tells me that you had a conversation with her earlier on about a prior conversation to which I've just referred involving presiding bishop uh, Purity Malinga of the Methodist Church and the position of the church as it pertains to the community that we are discussing. I didn't hear we had what? I understand that you, together with my producer, had a conversation and you wish to contribute to the Methodist Church and its position as it pertains to the LGBTQIA community. Yeah, we, I, I had a conversation, but I don't think that uh, I should really be the spokesperson for the Methodist Church. Uh, it's just that I am aware that yes, uh, on this Church. Yeah. All right. And it would um, be unfair for me to really speak on their behalf. No, I'm not asking you to speak on the behalf. I'm asking you if you have any comments on what it is that you heard. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. That, that, that's fine. I, I do have, uh, of course, comments uh, to the extent to which, first of all, the conversation is taking place. I think that's an important thing that should be, uh, I think, welcomed. But uh, even the conversation, to the extent to which I know, is even touching areas around the truth uh, uh, about uh, con- ministers being able to use their conscience to um, to marry or bless marriages of uh, same-sex uh, people. Um, uh, that to that extent, yes, I know, and I think first thing that one needs to really uh, uh, commend in the process is that there is a conversation and the visibility as well as the voice of the LGBTI community is listened through that discourse. All right, appreciate that. Let's not uh, probe the matter further. I'm going to ask you more general questions, but let me move through yeah. to Reverend Busak on this. You led a, dis- a public discussion on the LGBTQIA community and their place in the church. This happened as recently as last night. Do you want to just summarize what your discussion points were, please, for us? Well, thank you, Shongeri. I, <clears throat> I try to make uh, uh, three points mainly, others as well. But I believe that churches who embrace justice and understand what it means must also understand that for the Bible, justice is indivisible. And I mean this. Um, the God who stood with us in our struggle against racism because it was an injustice, because it was oppression, because it was wrong, and because it was against the will of God, is the same God who now calls us to stand up for injustice against LGBTQI people, against their oppression, their humiliation, in the same way that we have fought for the liberation of black people from those evils. Number two, those churches, I was trying to say, who were very strong in the struggle against apartheid and racism, those basic arguments. We said that the Bible teaches us that racism is wrong. It, it denies the personhood of black people. It denies the fact that all human beings are created in the image of God, And we said it is a sin and a heresy and a blasphemy to deny black people that, and therefore to act as if what God has created is something faulty, is wrong, and is beneath human consideration and not worthy 
of our respect and our love and rights. I argue that the same argument that we used in the struggle against racism can and must be used in the struggle against homophobia. And thirdly, I believe that, as we said, that white people who engage in racist acts and use their power to force racism upon black people not only diminish black people, they diminish themselves because as we believe in Ubuntu and as the Bible teaches us, our humanity is caught mm. up in the humanity of every other person. And so that same argument, I believe, must now hold true for LGBTQI people. And I do not understand why a church who speaks of God as the God of justice and of Jesus Christ as our Savior, who makes no differentiation amongst all people, but loves everyone that God has created, that we now think we can place ourselves on the throne of God and pass judgment upon people who are made in the image of God. And I'm challenging the churches not to continue with that, but to be converted on this issue and change attitudes and their practices. That is Reverend Abu Khoklas, and whose voice you've just heard specifically is that of Reverend Ellen Busak. We're talking to them about the LGBTQIA people and the churches in South Africa and why the church and across the board has been generally reluctant to move on with the times and more specifically the justice and legal arguments and the human rights notions premised on the basis of Ubuntu as advanced by Reverend Busak is precisely why we should be engaging each other as human beings, not as straight people and not straight people as it were. Reverend Klaas, do you want to quickly respond to the thesis of what Reverend Busaka said? It's a justice issue, it's a dignity and equality issue, and it's an issue of Ubuntu. These three cannot be separated between whatever categories of persons society, for whatever reason, establishes. I, I think in the first place we very, very much welcome uh, uh, Professor Bussard's uh, uh, assertions about um, the continuum on uh, social justice um, uh, as how, uh, I mean, how how he's been able to help us um, see it not just as a new struggle and engagement, uh, not just as using uh, new principles, but actually that these are principles we have engaged in, and they have to do with the humanity of people uh, in a similar way that we have come through apartheid, that the issue of the humanity of black people was established on uh, uh, kingdom principles, and that therefore those principles should be the consideration of churches, and um, and, and, and that they, they should, you know, there, there must be reappropriation of... Uh, such principles in order to be able to engage with that. And essentially, the convening that is continuing in Devon currently that will conclude tomorrow is uh, currently uh, even discussing further on the challenge that he has set uh, before um, the, the convening and before the churches, and that there is an engagement to, to that unpack that for ourselves so that we continue uh, uh, in dialogue, continue in engagement, uh, using those principles so that churches may be open for all people 
and 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 recognizes the humanity as well as the equality of uh, the LGBTI people. Physically, physically, the church is open to all people. I mean, there isn't somebody on at any church who's going to stand in the front door, at least that, not that I'm aware of. There's nobody who's going to stand at the door of a church, Reverend Class, and say, are you gay? Are you lesbian? Are you part of this LGBTQIA community? Do I identify as one of those? If the answer is yes, then upon, I mean, then there, there and then that person is turned away. The door is open and people walk in. Is, is that a fair assessment of things? Yes. Well, well you, the door is open, but the language okay. that's used inside Excellent. when you are Excellent. inside is violent Excellent. to the LGBTI community. Very good. This, it, the, the, it, this it informs makes, my next uh, question. The language that's been used, the selective use of the Bible, um, uh, uh, that uh, selecting certain particular texts that are not necessarily exegeted properly, mm-hmm. Are used as a, as, as a form of language that um, causes mental health, uh, yes. uh, compromises mental health of people uh, who are, I mean the LGBTI people, and, and to the extent that it's a language that also uh, demeans them and uh, excludes them. So it is. Uh, it may be that literally the doors are open and. LGBTI people do walk in, but when they are on the inside, um, the problem is that language that uh, segregates them. Excellent point and well raised. You know, before I go to your Reverend Busak, let me just open the lines before we also take an ad break. Twenty past, we're going to take an ad break. Lines are open zero eight. 0891-104209. This is Songs of a in conversation with Reverend Tebucho, class of the Other Foundation, together with anti-apartheid leader and struggle stalwart Reverend Alan Busak. We're talking about the church in Africa in particular and the LGBTQI community. My question to you, Dr. Busak, is it is true that indeed the language that is used and what takes place inside the church is for all intents and purposes offensive to this particular community. My question then is, don't answer it now after the break, why does the church then still rely on this community every so often on its resources? I'm talking about money. I'm talking about its pool effect. I'm talking about its access to other spaces that the church otherwise wouldn't have if certain members of their church who, who form part of this LGBTQI community were not there. Why is the church hypocritical in that regard in relying to the extent that it can sucking resources from this community and then where it is convenient for them pretty much spitting them out? Answer this question after the break, please. It's 20 past nine. Mama, tell me a story. My child, I have a great story to tell you. Although we come from humble beginnings... History is made and the winner of the very first Afghan is Egypt. We've done legendary things. South Africa have won the 1996 African Cup of Nations. When we celebrate, we don't hold back. Our people are as fierce as the animals that roam their land. Cameroon, the indomitable lions have done it again. We've seen our fair share of victories. What is life? And disappointments. Oh, goodness me, it's a penalty. But despite it all, we thrive when we're together. And that, my dear child, is the beautiful story of Africa. 
Catch AFCON 2019 live on SABC radio stations and on SABC3, starting on the 21st of June. SABC is the official broadcaster of AFCON 2019, Africa's beautiful story. Paying off your home loan over 20 to 30 years is an option many consumers often settle for. But did you know that paying a little more can save you hundreds of thousands of rands? Catch Yilungele Lako on Monday at midday to find out how you can pay off your home loan quicker. The program repeats every Thursday night at 11 on SAPC1. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM. Dr. Bosak shoot. Well, uh, let me say, Zongezi, that I think to, to our shame, the churches must admit that that hypocrisy that you talked about, that we condemn gay people or we ignore gay people, but when they bring money, we accept them, is a hypocrisy that we engage in at different levels. I mean, the very fact that we have long and hard and ugly discussions about gay people. Are they really human? Are they really children of God? Do they really belong in the church? The very fact that we have those discussions is a huge problem for the church and for our understanding of what the Christian church ought to be. And, 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 and we, 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 we sit in the church saying, with a person who has become rich. But that person has become rich through oppression and exploitation of the poor and through treating their workers scandalously. But we don't preach against that because that person brings money. And we leave that person, but we condemn the the gay person or the lesbian person who is more vulnerable and not as powerful. Um, as that other person. And so we have to deal with this. We also deal with an interpretation of the Bible when it comes to these matters that uh, is very, very selective. And in almost every respect, um, in the ways that we have been hearing these arguments from the Bible, totally misunderstood. And so, so gay people have the difficulty of wanting to belong to the church, not really welcome. Uh, sometimes uh, um, chased away, but other times welcome, as long as they don't openly show who they are and what they want themselves to be and what they feel God has made them to be. And that is a, a, is a problem that we as churches, I think, have to very, very seriously engage with within ourselves. And I suppose everything turns on framing. For instance, I mean, one could easily be offended by being told or being referred to as a gay person, as opposed to a person who is gay. In other words, that person is first a person before, and even if it is necessary, to identify or classify him or her a particular way. But moving on from there, let me just ask this question, because we make references to the Bible and Scripture. Is there a verse or a passage that the church, for whatever reason, uses as the basis upon which to have this policy that does not altogether accommodate all persons and all communities 
in the church? Is there a passage that they rely upon? And I say they because I completely distance myself from this. Um, human rights belong to human beings, and that's the end of the inquiry as far as it pertains to me. But for those who have a secondary inquiry, where is the basis or where is this located in the Bible, Reverend Klaas? Well, um, one one of the uh, uh, interesting con- uh, things in the conversation that uh, uh, Professor Usak led was, uh, for instance, uh, the uh, for instance the book of Leviticus, which very often is used uh, about uh, the uh, 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 sexuality of people and that uh, same-sex loving people uh, um, are being therefore. Uh, in those that particular uh, book, as I mean, as well as the Sodoma and Gomorrah uh, Sodoma narrative of the Bible that is used to belittle them. Uh, he, he was very useful to actually show that this is selective reading, in a sense that there are many more other things that are in the book of Leviticus um, that. Uh, 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 in churches uh, are ignored uh, because the reading of the text is read not from its own context, but selectively, uh, just selecting a verse in which you use in order to lambast people and to make them, to demean them. Um, uh, when, in fact, the issue of justice is an overall the issue of love, the issue of reconciliation, the issue of unity, uh, as, as it were, people would love uniformity so that we are all this, not necessarily unity, so that in unity you would have diversity of uh, uh, sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, all those principles which are overarching theologically are ignored just to choose the specific, select the specific verse that only excludes people, and 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 and, and these are the things that are being are being used uh, against community, the LGBTI community, um, and we are agitating that let's let's read and in fact, uh, Professor Pusak has let's have time to read this text so that uh, we find their meaning and purpose um, and, and in fact discover that there are so much lies that are being said about these texts um, uh, when we engage with them. And so the conversation is, is therefore a, a biblical conversation that seeks to uplift um, and include, embrace people even from using those same texts uh, where it is possible. Uh, so that's that's one of the challenges that is coming out of this convening, that uh, the re-reading of the text from a liberational trajectory mm. uh, is, is inevitable if we have to uh, do away with homophobia. We have about 13 or so minutes left in this part of the discussion. 0891104209, please give us a call and have a contribution as it pertains to this discussion that we are having with Reverend Debucho Glass of the Other Foundation and Reverend Ellen Busak. LGBTQIA people and the churches in Africa, what is going on there? Reverend Busak, that text that the Methodist Church, for instance, relies upon for its religious teachings, 
is the same text that gave us a reverend Ecclesia de Langa, who was always known as to her sexual orientation at the time she became a minister in the church. She had been preaching the same message that those who have a different sexual orientation to her had been preaching because the laws and discipline of the church, the constitution of the church is the same. The ministry is the same across the church in terms of which Bible verse is going to be preached on this particular Sunday. At what point did that laws and discipline, at what point did Ecclesia de Langa become unfit such that the same church she had served, including marrying people in her service, become so unfit so as to not to be married in the same church? Well, it shows you how inconsistent we are. We're also very selective. Um, and, and a lot has to do with what the church thinks is societal pressure and cultural pressure. And in some cases, in some countries in the continent, no longer in ours, but also the pressure from, from politics um, uh, and parliament and, and so forth. And that makes it hard for the church because the church says to itself, who is the more powerful here? Is it the politician? who tries to force a certain view of the Bible on me, or is it my church member or fellow minister who understands the Bible as well? And then sometimes we knuckle under that pressure, and that is why you get that kind of inconsistency. And, 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 and it basically means that we really do not understand what we read when we read the Bible, that we interpret the Bible in ways that the Bible does not present itself, and that we are selective in ways that we understand what the Bible is trying to say to us. And that's the problem that, again, I'm raising all these problems that I'm hoping the churches will openly admit and grapple with them and come to different conclusions. On that point, let me ask this question to you, Dr. Busak, whilst you think about it. Lysander on our Twitter feed says, We are all sinners in the church and accept everyone's financial support. We don't rely on LGBT. We condemn the actions. We don't hate the person. He goes on to say, The Holy Scripture is clear on this matter. This is not a love or hate issue. Just like we condemned pedophilia, we condemn homosexuality. A response to that in a minute, please. Let me come back to your reverend class. Utogozani Duma says, please ask your guests if there's any scripture in the Bible that condemns the LGBTQI community or such sexual orientation. You have responded to that. If so, if the Bible is supreme, is there a reason to rewrite the Bible to adjust does the Bible supersede human rights law or vice versa? This comes back to the moral argument we would have had when Foree versus Minister of Home Affairs was being adjudged and adjudicated and de- decided in the Constitutional Court some 20 years ago. And I think Justice Sachs penned that. Human rights belong to humans, not to a particular class of individuals. Never mind the the the... the theological basis upon this from a spirit of ubuntu how do we as africans embrace one another without asking each other and classifying each other in your response to tokozani dumas tweet please well in the first place i think that's a very powerful thing that uh, in, in 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 the first instance what 
is mostly happening currently is that we are living under rules that are colonial. Here, I mean, uh, the colonial powers that have dominated us have left us a legacy of laws that have demeaned others. And we now are appropriating those laws as if they are our laws. And yet we have a, a philosophy that has undergirded African people uh, and, 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 and those laws are seeking to impose it upon African people to think that there was never before uh, before the colonial powers came, people who had same sex. And part of what the other foundation is doing is just excavate our history and decolonize uh, the rules that we are setting, even the discussion of decolonizing the interpretation of the Bible. These are the things that we have to begin to, to excavate historically in terms of our own languages. There is a language because there would not have been people and uh, people who are, who are uh, uh, we've classified as LGBTI people. Uh, it, uh, they wouldn't have it's not that they only existed recently, it's fashionable that they are here. They have been there, and there is a history related to them as human beings before. And that it is the issue of uh, making, making humanizing them, making, allowing ourselves to accept that they too are human, and they are equal um, uh, in, in, the eyes of, in the eyes of God. This is what must therefore drive us as we engage. Thank you so much for your response. Let me give Dr. Busak a response, an opportunity rather to respond. Yeah, can I just say, uh, the, 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 the two people who send in those messages, number one, it is not the Bible that has to be rewritten. It is us who have to learn to read the Bible differently instead of with the prejudices that have been put upon us by other ways of looking at human beings rather than looking at human beings the way God looks at human beings. You know, the tradition that I come from, the Reformed tradition, uh, says that when God looks at human beings, it is as if God looks in a mirror at God's self. And we dare not challenge the way God sees God's self in God's children. And it doesn't matter um, that they call themselves LGBTQI. They have to because we force them in these little boxes. But for us, they should be basically brothers and sisters, children of God, and our fellow human beings. That's the one thing I need to say. The other person who said, no, we, we, we don't take... LGBTQI money, just as we do not take the money from the files. That's exactly my problem. So immediately when he says LGBTQI, he does not think of adult people in a loving, committed relationship who care for one another and want to build a normal life together with one another, as they, some of them are trying to do. He thinks that when you are LGBTQI, you are also a pedophile. Or people say you are also into bestiality. That is scandalous that we think that way. And the church should not allow its members to think that way of other people. All right. Let's go to Ebay. Ngonde Omtle. Mwole Omtle Gaz. 
Bungani. Yes, sir. Bungani, let me get down to it. Please. I last interviewed Dr. Pusaki in 1992 when we were about eight years old, so in Southern Life, Newlands, Cape Town. Anyway, I want Dr. Pusak to square some circles for me. The Bible, as we know it, has got 66 books which were canonized and distilled by the Council of Nicaea. In my view, we cannot view them as being authentic because some other scriptures were taken off by those Council of Nicaea. Anyway, as I understand it, South Africa is a secular country. Also, the relationship with God, to me, is intimate, and religion is cosmetic, all right? This country is about inclusivity. No wonder Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, went to Jesus Christ at night because he knew that he would be excluded or discriminated by others. So if we are about inclusivity, why does the church have problems accepting LGBTQI to Dr. Busak, the professor? Good evening, Songeso. Thank you so much indeed. Dr. Busak, your quick response, please, in two minutes before I give the opportunity to Dr. Klaus to round up this conversation as we bow out. My brother who just spoke is absolutely right. Inclusivity is also the key understanding of how God looks at us and what the love of God means for us. And so when and South Africa is a secular country, which means that the that that, that the constitution should not be led by what is in the Bible, but people who read the Bible can interpret the Constitution along the principles that the Bible gives us, which is inclusion and not exclusivity, which is embrace and not the rejection of the other, which is acceptance and not discrimination and humiliation of the other. So my brother is absolutely right, and it makes the task of the Church even more important to help our Constitution be understood in its basic understanding of what Ubuntu is and what inclusivity is, and that will make of our country a better democracy. That couldn't be a better note for you to bow out. Thank you so much, Reverend Alan Busak, whose basic thesis in contributing to this discussion about the LGBTQI community and the place in the church, it's justice, dignity and equality, and Ubuntu. Beyond those three inquiries, there is no reason whatsoever to, in fact, be having this conversation. It's 21.40. I'm giving this last two to three minutes to Reverend Debucho Glass of the Other Foundation, who's basically going to summarize also in terms of what these conferences are all about and what it is that should be taken out of what is happening there. Yes, thank you very much. In fact, the convening that's going on at the moment, it's a convening, as it is said, it's about transformative encounters, engagements among the people, not antagonistically, but in ways that are seeking to find solutions to uh, 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 recognizing the principles that have already been raised even in this conversation uh, now. And so the the convening is a proceeding, and among other things uh, that it's being discussed right now, we've just emerged from a session in which theological education, uh, redesigning it for inclusion and equality of LGBTI people has been the conversation because uh, our theological education in itself has uh, a way in which it perpetuates the exclusion of others uh, and and, and see others as dominant. And so that tomorrow we will be, as we fold, uh, prepare to fold 
uh, from the convening, we will be discussing uh, further some of the key issues that should uh, be lifted uh, going forward uh, for transformative uh, encounters. Uh, the conference has uh, participants from as far as West Africa and East Africa, uh, together with uh, 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 LGBTI people, theologians, pastors, uh, church leaders, uh, from and, and researchers from mm. uh, Southern Africa. Sure. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, uh, having uh, ongoing conversations and uh, for the, not just con- conversations for sake of conversations, but say conversations for the sake of meaningful and deep change that should happen. Uh, socially. Fantastic. Now, we do appreciate yes. that. And perhaps if you have the facility or even the traction in that community to ask tomorrow at this conference, you can even quote me and cite me as one who's posing this question. If the church really were a successful movement in Africa, perhaps we should then be able to see development institutions started by the church managed by the church to service the communities that make up the church. The Methodist church, for instance, and I'm referring to Methodist church because I was a member of the church and I was able to engage the church, and I make no apologies about that. Over 200 years, we need to see develop institutions that in the name of the church speak to the development of their communities. Tertiary institutions, theatres, places of art where they can express themselves, leading the fourth industrial revolution, they do command the money. Uchona every year draws in millions of rands. You don't have to respond to that. I'm asking you to put this as an agenda item for when the church convenes. Can we not be discussing issues that address the socio-economic plight that the majority of the membership in Africa face? That's my view for this, and that's how we're going to bow it. Thank you so much, Reverend Debo Glass, for your contribution. You're most welcome, and thank you for the contribution you're making. Thank you, sir. Have a good evening. It's time for us, nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, to move on with the schedule. And unfortunate that we have to do so because this conversation was really getting to warm up and really discussing core issues. It's time for the program. I mean, I beg your pardon, the Daily Soapy, the burnout. Song is my better here. Stay tuned.